looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Past the Post for Sunday, July 10. The last Past the Post, not forever, but just for a couple of weeks, we'll have a, a short winter's break and then we'll be back, uh, I think, the last Sunday of the month, which is the 31st of July. We'll be back and then heading towards the spring. But a big day at Dedumen yesterday. We had three feature races, one at Group 3 level, one listed, and a quality race. They were held over from that Dooman Cup meeting, which was washed out in May. Nathan Exelby joins me in the studio Welcome back, Nathan. I think yesterday, whilst uh, the carnival is over, I think produced quite a few talking points and, and some talking points for the future as well. Uh, yes, as to, it was, as you say, a nice bonus to get that sort of quality card mid-July when we, we're used to the, the carnival being, uh, being over. So whether that will spark some um, discussions around whether the race or two that was held yesterday may get pushed back, I, I'm not sure, but... Um, and from a punning perspective, it was just nice to have some of those those quality horses still going around. Exactly right. Um, of course, the feature was the the Pam O'Neill, the Magic Millions Pam O'Neill. We also had the Chief De Beers of the Derby McCarthy. Big uh, few days in Rocky as well. They had their carnival there, the Newmarket on Friday, and a very well-deserved win in the Rocky Cup yesterday. We'll talk more about that in the middle of the program. We'll also touch on Caulfield and Royal Randwick, but let's get stuck into Doombin yesterday. Weather was perfect, just like today. And uh, congratulations again to, to Ross Smith. He gets it right. Uh, rated it a soft seven, set a potential upgrade during the day. That happened soft six, I think about halfway through the day. I think the track played very fairly. Let's go to our first replay. And this is the listed Forex Chief to Beers. It was a really open betting race. And in the end, uh, the favourite was set fire at $4.60. Centrefire travelling strongly in front. She's going to try and do it all of the way. Usmanov and Boomtown last both pushed along to chase her. Windside fourth of the turn, then simply fly. Tahitian dancer pulled to the outside. Then Mr. Mosaic and Needle with a power of work to do. Centrefire's got a full head of steam and she's travelling great guns down below the 200 metres. Can they catch her? Simply fly. Boomtown last windside. All try hard. Now she's getting tired. Centrefire and simply fly. It's the one. Descended, raced away and a sharp win. Simply fly beat Centrefire, Windside third, fourth Tahitian Dancer, then Boomtown last, followed by Mr Mosaic, Osmanov and Needorp, second last and last in 1-4 and 96. Well, there he was, simply fly back in winning form. Tegan Harrison riding as well in the Eureka Colours, and uh, she's had a great association, not only with this stable, but also with Eureka over a period of time. When we were sorting out who our guests would be this morning, uh, we normally defer to Rex Slip, but I thought, gee... Rex is an old-timer, he's been on enough. <laughs> and I thought, let's speak to the new blood, And because not only did Simply Fly win, but, of course, they won the following race with Tycoon Eve. It was a wonderful day for the stable, and the stable is a trading partnership of Rex Lip and Nick Harder. Nick's joining us this morning. Nick, good morning. Good morning, David. Congratulations on yesterday. This is a wonderful day. Let's, let's just talk about you, firstly, how the, the trading partnership came about with Rex. Well, I was at the, I was just at the track one morning, and you know, Greer and I would we'd finished doing our horses, and we were in at the early morning canteen, and Rex was there, and out of the blue, he just he just offered it, and he said, "Is it something you'd consider?" And I said, "I, you know, I'd definitely consider it." And you know, we we negotiated a long time, and I, I started working for Rex straight away, and it's just something that progressed, and we decided it's something that'd work for us and benefit both of us, and we've just gone from there. 
Nick, while I was at the Courier Mail, um, I think I wrote two stories of Rex retiring from training around the time of Tinto and then, then further on. Do you think that the training partnerships just put a little more spring in, in his step and, and, and sort of uh, given him more passion to sort of continue on in the, in the game? Yeah, Nathan, I think it has. Um, you know, Rex has been telling everyone he's going to retire for 10 years. Yeah. He's made no secret of that. But um, And part of the reason for the partnership, I think, was, you know, he said it just gives him more a bit more freedom. Um, Ros has sold the salary that they owned in Toowoomba for 20 years here, so mm-hmm. they're able to now, you know, go and do, do more things and take more holidays, and there's someone here to keep, keep control of things, so... I don't think retirement's in the near future. I think he's put that on the back burner for a couple of years now, which is great. And you know, He's been a great guide to me for a long time, Rex, and I've learned a lot from him. How long has the training partnership been officially going? Uh, I think it's officially started in October last year, but right. I, I started working for Rex around February last year. Fair enough. Uh, simply fly... He was at his best yesterday. Uh, we know when he's at his best, when he's on song, he has that dynamic finish, and that was evidence yesterday. His form's been okay without being outstanding. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he's just he needs a lot of luck, and he. I was surprised he took that gap to the inside because all his wins have been dominant when he's been able to get to the outside and come come down the outside of him, but. You know, it was a brilliant ride by Tegan. She did, she got the best out of him yesterday, and it was great to see. He was at his best as a three-year-old. He put that sequence of wins together and was able to win the duel. He he hadn't won since the the duel until yesterday. He'd been he'd knocked on the door, Nick. But had had it been a frustrating sort of time with the horse in that he had been racing well enough, but just not um, saluting. Yeah, it, it had been a bit frustrating at times. You know, he was he was always putting in his best effort. There was just always a couple there. There was one better or he was just balked for a run where he needed needed things to go his way. And, um, you know, he's always always been there and he's always performed. So we're happy that he's finally got that stakes win yesterday for, you know, Rex mm. and the team and the McAlpines and, and that. And it does wonders for the mayor as well. That was his sixth run this campaign, so he's deep into a campaign. Do you pull up stumps after yesterday, or does he go somewhere else? Um, no, he goes to the paddock now, and um, we'll, we'll sit down and give him a couple of weeks off, and we'll work out a, a path on where we go next with him. That's him. Tycoon Evie is possibly similar in that you know, she hadn't been able to, to win this season, even though she sorry hadn't won for a little while. Um the preparation yesterday, going from the Waterhouse to the the, the Pam O'Neill, the twelve hundred to sixteen hundred, was that? At what point did you hatch that plan? Well, the the Pam O'Neill was always the plan when it got moved to this date. Um, right. It wasn't it wasn't ideal having to go from the twelve to the sixteen, but it was what we had to do. Um, and you know, Rex is always. And I, we've always thought that her pet distance would be that fourteen hundred mile, and it was great that, great that she could affirm that yesterday. Yes, well, we'll talk to Aidan Thompson shortly when we'll listen to the replay of Tycoon Evie. But um, she was very strong yesterday, a bit like Simply Fly, as Nathan pointed out. Form has been okay without being outstanding, but good to see them peak on the days when you really wanted them to peak. Yeah, that's correct, and it does wonders for her. She's a Group Three winner now. She's also got some stakes placings here, so. And she's impeccably bred, so it's it'll do wonders for her career when she goes to be a broodmare. 
Yeah, I fell into the trap yesterday. I think, oh, the 1,600 is a risk. But forget that she she was dominant over a, a mile at Eagle Farm as a three-year-old. It's just that she once she, you tried her beyond that, she, she struggled beyond the 1,600. But she's now, I think, had three goes at the mile and two wins in the, the good second easy far in a stakes race. Yeah, that's correct. And um, the Doombin mile really suits her, as you said. She ran second to Easy Far in the Princess Stakes last year. And, you know, it, it was a good tussle down the straight that day. She only just got beat on the line. And, you know, it really affirmed that we thought she she was a genuine miler. And once she developed more again to this season, um, she was able to prove that. How many in work at the stable? Uh, there's 23 there at the moment. That's sort of what we try and sit on. That's That's plenty to keep us busy, so... Good to hear. Nick, thanks for being with us this morning and congratulations to you and also, Rex, on the the, the, the double success yesterday. A really good day at the office and we wish you well in the future and I'm sure this association is going to continue to flourish. No worries. Thanks, David Nathan. Thank you for your time. Nick Hahn joining us this morning in training partnership with Rex Slip and training partnerships are certainly something of the future as well, aren't they? Yeah, and it, it sounds like a really good combination, doesn't it? Mm. The experience there and a, a young, enthusiastic guy who wants to learn the trade and learning off a guy who's who's got a long history here in Queensland of um, always having a good horse Rex Slip, hasn't he? Mm. He's had that knack for a long, long time and um, you know, great to see him there yesterday enjoying that that's, uh, feature race double. We've hung up the phone on Nick. I couldn't make Simply Fly. Oh, I couldn't back simply fly. I, you know, I just I couldn't back simply fly. I just got the surprises. He started equal favourite. Yeah. Um, so others obviously saw merit. Like he'd been racing well. He'd been running some very good races. But to me, I just had him pegged as a horse that was just like a herd type animal. You know, just always running on, and we'll find one better. Yeah. But as a three year old, and you you alluded to this when you were speaking with Nick. Uh, he was dynamic in some of those wins, he wasn't was, he? He was, and he'd come from impossible positions to win those 1,000-metre mm. races. Uh, Steph Thornton had a great association with him at the time, and then he bowled over that good field uh, in the, the duel. Centrefire has proved herself during this carnival. She, she, she got Blake type and she ran well yesterday, just got tired late, but she's been up for some time as well. And Windside's always honest in third. Two horses out of this race suggest to me careers are either very shaky or over the last pair, Usmanov and, and Nidorp. Usmanov well, had a perfect run mm. and, and just Nidorp has not fired at all in its last two runs. No, there was a report earlier in the week that that may well have been Usmanov's last start there yesterday, so that may be it for him and, and Nidorp, you know, she's done her job, she's a stakes winner, she'll be mm. a valuable broodmare prospect so you would think that we'll see her off to stud um, this this year as I imagine um, Boomtown Lass probably would as well. Mr Mosaic, David, I thought he would be up there jostling for the lead. He showed no speed at all and uh, was, we, we, you never wanted to be on him. The market didn't want a bar of him either, but it was just there was no speed at all. Never a factor. Let's go to the, the Group 3 Magic Millions, Pam O'Neill. There was a, a minor sensation during the day when Charm Me Baby was a late scratching. She was one of the favourites, but the trainer, Laurie Mofield-Smith, wasn't happy with her when she arrived at the tracks. So they pulled her out. That caused uh, somewhat of a market reshuffle. In the end, the best back runner was the, the Chris Waller trained Salik. Here's the replay. She's the gift led for home. Easy far into the clear of good enough. Then Zenifer, followed by Tycoon Evie, putting in strongly. Soon afterwards, Tycoon Evie raced up to She's the Gift. Down the outside, Zing with a fair run. Tycoon Evie on the outside, striding to a clear lead. Look at Zing motoring home. Tycoon Evie in front. Zing is flashing home. But I'd say Tycoon Evie just won the, won the Pam O'Neill. Beat home Zing and She's the Gift. Not certain about fourth. Up there was Narrator with Easy Far. Adelaide's out wider. Narrator was next to 
then came Zennifer, who didn't come on in the straight. Salik was never a possibility. Then Seamarie, Tamahia, Wellback, Cliffs Art, never a factor. Then Windermere, Ziggaline and Willow Tito. Last home in 137.27. Well, as we've alluded to or alluded to, Tycoon Evie one bouncing back to winning form. That's Group Three for her. Always important for these uh, mares with their their future as brood mares. We've talked to the uh, the trainer, one of the trainers, Nick Khan. Let's talk to the winning jockey of Tycoon Evie, Aidan Thompson. Big day for him, and he joins us now. Aidan, good morning. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm very well, and congratulations. Uh, this not only was a very good ride, putting her in the right spot, and you were there to strike at the right time. But your first group winner. Yeah, first group winner. Very exciting. Um, definitely a definitely a goal that's been in place for a while. And to get it just before you come out of your time is terrific as well. I received a message from um, Peter Hulbert last night. He's obviously over the moon for you, and, and that that association with that stable's been uh, very important to you, hasn't it? Oh, it's been very important. I mean, the opportunity that has come out of that that barn itself is um has been huge especially as an apprentice, like riding in the millions with Heroic Sun and and getting opportunities to win um, a listed race on, on one of the stable favourites, which is um, uh, How Manhattan. They've given me some really big opportunities. Yeah. Take us through the, the race yesterday, the, the, the game plan. Do you do, on the horses you're riding, do you do your form on them and work out, you know, where you're going to be in the run? Do you do that yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, um, normally, me, me and my manager sit down and, and have a um, good chat about what we think's the best option, um, and Will Holbert, you know, he, he 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 loves doing the track sort of sort of side of things. He he goes out and walks the track and lets me know what he thinks, and and I get back to him and 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 try and decipher if he's right. So, <laughs> so what was the game plan with Tycoon Evie yesterday? Um, well, obviously, I I wasn't probably probably the greatest fan of jumping out of barrier one, just just. They haven't raced on the fence at Doobin there for a fair while, so mm. I, I didn't expect it to be the best part of the track. So I didn't really like the idea of coming out of one, but you can't complain when you do draw one. Um, but just it, I've seen, I, I watched all its replays, um, all all of that, and the horse is quite versatile on where it can run. Um, obviously, it does prefer a firmer track, like. I think it won nearly three in a row over the road at Eagle Farm. Um, so it was a matter of finding the best part of the track and, and just giving it a, a comfortable run. How did the opportunity come up to ride her? Mark Duplessis has been the regular rider for, for Tycoon Evie for, for some time and you know, it's a great opportunity for an apprentice like yourself to get on her in a, a Group 3. How did it all come about? Yeah, like I said, my manager's just doing such a good job um, and He's pulled off a bit of magic there, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your manager? Uh, Andrew Ackerman. Okay. Well, he's, he's done a good job. Um, yeah, very good job. Zing was flashing late. Um, you've got this um, interesting style that you, you really lift them to the line and not only did you <laughs> lift Tykenevi to the line, you were, you were happy. What would you cop that $1,000 for a celebratory gesture, they call it? Yeah. Um, I cop that, but... Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you only win your first group race once, so I think it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got something else to handle as well because you, you've you've been charged with a, uh, an improper riding charge, so you intend to fight that, obviously? 
Yeah, well, I'll, I'll probably won't get into full detail with that just as yet, but um, I mean, I, I personally think you, anyone that goes back and looks at the replay, like, can probably go two ways. Like, I, I thought it's probably quite silly, but it's it, it is a group race, and, and you do have to take more proportion. But um, we'll we'll figure that out later on. Sure. And just, Aiden, when does the apprenticeship actually finish, mate? Uh, November. November right. this year. Take us back as well. Uh, I was reading a, uh, an article this morning that you had a very nasty accident last year. Tell us about that. What one? <laughs> I, I was, no, the one where you were where you at your mum's property and you, you fell off a cliff or something like that. What? Tell us what happened. Yeah, so actually I'm here at the moment, like um, pretty much looking at the cliff. Um, me and me. Me and my brother and my sister's partner, we were out adventuring the place, but it's 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 nearly a thousand acres. So I've been out there for, for years and and know the place by the back of my hand. And I was I was taking them out to have a look, and um, there used to be an old branch that used to go to half walk along, and it turns out that branches age. <laughs> what what so were the, what the injuries? I stood on it and I um, it broke and I fell down the cliff. I I um I had minor compactment syndrome on my um on my femur, which is like it sort of just minces your muscle. Mm. Um, and because the swelling gets so big, it it can't release, so it can it just starts breaking your skin. Um, that it was quite bad, but they did suspect I had a broken femur. But I drank plenty of milk as a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> Then of course you, you had your, your jet ski incident a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, when um, me and a good mate Justin Huxtable went out out in the ocean and went out fishing, um, and we our esky fell off the back of it, so um, we snatched and strapped it on, and the the slack of it went up in the jet, and we got stuck out there for for twelve hours. That wasn't really fun either. <laughs> Did you catch any fish while you're waiting? No, <laughs> no result at all. Hey, you've uh, Look, you've you had a, you've had a big day yesterday. That's why we wanted to have a chat with you this morning and congratulate you on winning your first group race. And fingers crossed, I'm pretty certain it won't be your last. Good work yesterday, mate. No, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Aidan Thompson joining us, riding Tycoon Evie. And often we see these apprentices in non-claiming races, and it's often out of loyalty. Sometimes, um, mm. um, sometimes you know, there's the, the riding pill might be a bit bit short, but. Um, they've done their homework here and got the ride on Tycoon Evie. And, yeah, he's got a bit to handle um, as a result of yesterday in terms of that, that charge. But um, I thought he thought he sensed it well when he got away from the fence down towards the turn. I remember calling him coming up four wide. So mm. he had her there ready to strike. He rode it beautifully to you know, conserved energy to the turn, then got to the right part of the track in the straight. I did admire his, his confidence. It wasn't necessarily a clear-cut win, but he was happy to go up in the, in the saddle on, on, the, on the line and, yeah, he had a margin, so good luck to him. And that, to me, that seems a bit harsh, a 1,000. Oh, exactly. You know, that's... Um, exactly. What about... Um, you've been all over Tycoon Evie lately. Oh. Yeah, it was um, the last couple of races... I, well, at Ipswich, I thought Mark Duplessis rode a brilliantly at Ipswich, got through and she was there to win the race and then just didn't finish off. But I think we saw a couple of instances yesterday, David, where horses that didn't fire at Ipswich 
turn their form around you. So it was obviously a tricky surface that particular day. But I did have trouble convincing myself that that was 1,200 that day. She didn't finish off the 1,200 that she'd run the 1,600 yeah. out of yesterday. And, and I agree. We go back to, to last year, probably a bit over a year, and she was potentially, we were talking about her as a winter carnival horse. Remember when she won those races at Eagle Farm and we were thinking she was an Oaks prospect, well, but she, I think she went to the Roses and didn't get the distance. So... Obviously, they've they've decided, as Nick said, that she's she's a miler. Those three wins that uh, Aidan referred to at Eagle Farm, she she put some good horses away in the, in those wins. So nice to see her back to that um, level of form. And she's been versatile. Remember, she won that race over the mile at Eagle Farm, David. Then forty two days later, dropped back to a sharp twelve hundred metres, mm. and she put them away that day as well. So now she's won again. Hopefully, she can keep going on with it. Chris Waller provided second and third with Zing, and she's the gift. Barry Baldwin's Adelaide's ran fourth. The disappointment. Zennifer obviously didn't back up. She was ridden conservatively near the rail, but but got there to got the to, nice run to, to to present herself. Well, she had the chance to present herself, yep. but she couldn't capitalise on it. The horse you like, Cliff Sarla, didn't watch it too carefully. You got that 100% right. Um, you talked about the track yesterday. I think once you got to sort of five, six further out, it was it was more difficult to make ground. I think there was a, a couple... You, know, you got a couple away from the fence, but then further out wide, it was more difficult. So you know, she was never a factor. And uh, as you said in the morning preview, that uh, the barrier would be difficult to overcome. Having said that, she was still well tried. She was, and so was the horse who finished just in front of us, Salik, but she was in the similar boat to Cliff's Art. They were at the back of the bus and they just didn't get into it. Yeah, Salik went better than, than Cliff's Art did, but to me that she was a surprising favourite. And you look at the, the horse that finished well, third, she's the gift beater in a midweek race not that long ago. Mm. She's the gift of those $17, Salik 480. It was a strange one. And just on the race before we close off, uh, it is the Pam O'Neill, uh, named in honour of a trailblazing woman who's done so much for uh, women riders. Uh, good to see Pam there yesterday. Mm. She's you know, having a tough time as well health-wise, but she was there in all of the glory yesterday and uh, very, very good to see her there. Yeah, and she takes a lot of pride and, and very proud of the fact that the, they've seen fit to name this race after her. So I think they've certainly done that well racing Queensland with the introduction of this race. Let's go to the Derby McCarthy. We lost Kalos in the morning. We're down to six runners and Common James was always going to be the favourite. You got a bit better than what you thought you would in the morning. $1.80 but SP'd at one seventy-five. Heading towards the turn. Just over 400 left to run. Rubiquitous alongside Oriental Princess. Miss Hipstar about to loom large outside that pair. Then put on the red light and Common James starts to work into the picture. Oh, he's Travelling up boldly as well. And Wiry Drinks under pressure. Soon afterwards, he gave Uncommon James a little squeeze and he bounded away. Uncommon James opening up. Three, four lengths in front from Miss Hipstar. Wiry Drink runs on well, but he is a very special horse. Uncommon James untouched. Won the Derby McCarthy and beat Wiry Drink. Good first up. Then Miss Hipstar, followed by put on the red light. Rubiquitous was disappointing today at Oriental Princess. Last home in 1-4-48. I said at the top of the, the program that I think yesterday we'll be talking about some horses out of this meeting with a view to the future, and certainly Uncommon James is right at the at the top of the tree, top of the list. Matt Hoisted, another trading partnership with Steve O'Day, is our next guest. Matt, good morning. Morning, David. Well, one thing I want to mention here firstly about this, this win, um, 14.48 was the time. Half an hour later, the open class simply fly 1496, so... And the track was improving all during the day. So you've run a half second faster than the listed open class. That's a, that's a, a, a very good benchmark. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, I think he also broke 34 his last three. Um, you know, so quicker, quicker last mm. 600 and overall time. So 
yeah, look, obviously it was yeah, visually very impressive, but um, always really good when the clock sort of backs that up as well. So, no, look, couldn't have been any more happy with the way he's gone. He's um, yeah, obviously a really in, improving horse. And I think the most encouraging part is I don't think he, he's still doing a few little things wrong. He's not the complete package yet. So I think the more racing we do do with him, you know, the more he's going to sort of iron out a few little things that he still wants to do wrong. And um, yeah, he's only going to continue to improve. It's obviously all in the family with this with this horse, Matt. He races for Lavin Park Racing. And remember, after he won first up, your wife, Caitlin, there was there was a lot of emotion attached to that first up win. So obviously it's been a long process. You had to wait that 12 months with him. But to see him come back after the patience you've shown obviously meant a lot to the people close to this horse. Yeah, definitely, especially the fact that obviously Caitlin trained, trained his mother, Pickabee, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was all her... She sort of made the decision to, to send her to, to Cable Bay um, as well. So there's a, a fair bit into it. And you know, it was, they, they knocked back big money. We obviously got, got quite big offers after he won the Oxlade to Hong Kong. And they were they were sort of keen to, to keep him and race him and knew he was going to be a smart horse. And, you know, yes, it's just a, a you know, contributing factor of, of all, all of those things all rolled in one. You know, they've played a massive part in his rehab. And, you know, we kind of, they were happy to allow more time uh, than was really probably necessary just to really make sure that he was able to get over that injury. And that's always special when you can, you know, you can see him come back every bit as good as they were before that injury. I got it into my head, maybe stupidly, which often happens with me, that, that Uncommon James would be up maybe outside of Ubiquitous. And when the start occurred... You know, a few others came out, uh, which I probably should have thought in hindsight, Oriental Princess does always go forward. Miss Hipstar went forward as well. In the wash-up, you're back second last. Were you surprised you were back there? Uh, not really. So we sort of had that, me and Brody had a, had a good chat sort of pre-race, and that was my, my only little concern. If you sort of go back and watch his, his first three starts, you know, prior to that injury, he was never the greatest away, but would always muster quite quickly. Mm. Uh, that was definitely the best when he obviously last started at Eagle Farm. He absolutely flew the gate. So sort of gave Brody a, a couple of little options. Just was a little bit worried about Oriental Princess, really wanted to kick up underneath him and whether that would have meant he would have had to do far too much work if he was to try and get across them. So just sort of told him to come out even on him and he you know, gave gave him the option that first sort of 100 metres to sum up uh, what to do. Probably expected him probably if he was going to take a sit to be one out, one back, not to be that extra pair further back. But... So only a small, small fear will never really concern if he did uh, end up being there. And, um, you know, all credit to Brody. He, he kept a cool head on him and, um, you know, and, and was able just to follow Miss Hipstar. As soon as he was on Miss Hipstar's back and knew that she'd sort of take us everywhere, we needed to go into the straight. And, um, you know, the way that he was trucking up, he was always going to let rip. So, yeah, very pleasing. It was a good bit of jockeying by Larry Cassidy early in that race to mean that Uncommon James did have to come back an extra pair. But it made no difference, Matt, because he had so much on them. You've got some decent measuring Sticks, where does he fit in the pecking order of the stable? Yeah, it's a little bit. He's definitely one of our, probably say one of our better, definitely probably close to our, our um, you know, best three-year-old. He's, he's the fact that he's he's still on such an upward trajectory, I think, is what's the most, uh, you know, pleasing aspect of it all. Um, you know, I think, we're, as I said, I don't think we're anywhere near the bottom of him yet. So the next next six months to 12 months is going to be key for him to keep keep sort of stepping up once we sort of uh, raise the bar. But that's sort of why we're wanting to give him his opportunity in Melbourne and really thinking that a, a trip away can obviously really make these horses sort of grow up and, and um, you know, really sort of be the making of them. And, and that's sort of... You know, a lot of the catalyst to why we sort of wanted to send horses like him and, and even the likes of shooting for gold away. Interesting. I was talking last week about the, the carnival and saying how there was a very, very light representation from Victoria and, uh, you know, the, the suggestion being that basically 
The Carnival's almost like New South Wales versus Queensland. It sometimes works the other way as well. We don't see many stables here aim for Melbourne, more so they'll aim for Sydney. So when you've made this consideration with these two races, that the Regal Roller and the Chautauqua, did you look at Sydney as well? Yeah, we did, and just just the whole aspect of, of obviously that we were if we we're going to go down, we wanted to make it worthwhile in a sense of you know give a few horses their opportunity. Hence why we sort of planned out four of them to head down, and, and obviously it was going to be up to Uncommon James to to race well yesterday to justify his position in that in that team. But um, just thought there was just the, the race programming fitted a bit better for all of them down there in Melbourne. Obviously, you've got to you know they're going to have to go the other way around and you know there's logistically like flying them down there's a little bit more to it than just hopping on a float to sydney if you uh and everything like that but um just thought that the whole programming of everything that we wanted to go sort of early spring as well um you know before some of those big big guns are potentially there uh up and go up and firing and with a bit of bit of race fitness that we'll have on our side racing through the winter that um you know that can keep us in good stead I listen with interest to the races you're targeting. Is there a straight race there at Flemington that also might might jump out? I'd love to see this horse down the straight. Yeah, yeah, probably just get through the. Um, obviously, the Regal Roller is the, the first race for him. Um, you know, that's probably going to be the the first. Obviously, I think that's about five weeks away um, for us to go into there. Um, probably all just dependent on how we were to go there. We've obviously got the race at um, Mooney Valley, the Chautauqua is another option and. You know, if he was to, to race well or for win, be able to win and win impressively in a regal role, well, then, you know, we probably have to take a bit of consideration into a, a race like maybe the Bobby Lewis or something yeah. with a little bit, little aim up a little bit higher. But, um, you know, we're, we're very much not wanting to get too ahead of ourselves and, and um, you know, just more aim lower tier, give them their run there and, and just sort of see how they're able to measure up. So does he get any time off now before you go there or do you just keep... Yeah, so he'll, he'll head out for about a, about a week, week and a half. He'll yep. uh, head out tomorrow morning, um, just have a little little light freshen. He won't won't be able to have too much time out. Um, but, you know, obviously the fact is he's only had the two runs. He's, um, you know, still feeling very well, but we just mentally like to get him out for a little bit before he's able to able to head down. And we, we'd sort of have the plan to head down and give him a trial, a tick over trial, uh, that way of going prior to um, his first run there. You mentioned a team of four. Who were the other three? Uh, so Scalatini and shooting for gold, the other one's locked in, and, and then the two-year-old filly, Merrily, she'll, uh, she was supposed to trial uh, on Tuesday before those, those trials were washed out, and we're, we're going to see her on Wednesday, but now just with a uh, change of plan, she'll trial at Deegan on Tuesday and then race two weeks yesterday. Uh, there's a two-year-old handicap at Doomben, mm. so she'll head, head there, and uh, all going well if she was able to win and, and win well, then she'll, she'll book, a, book herself a, a flight down there as well. Rough result in the last race yesterday. You very nearly pulled up a pulled off a big first up coup with Ocean Treaty. She was terrific. Yeah, she's come back in, in tremendous order. This mare, she's um, knew she was going to run well. She's just been feeling that well, and she's been going too well at home not to race well. Uh, mm. You know, the thirteen fifty first up really suited rather than in the past to sort of run her over a twelve first and uh, stretching out to that. She, um, you know, the only issue was. We're going to be, uh, if, if they're only sort of without much tempo in the race, if they turn into a sit and sprint, she's going to be disadvantaged. But we're able to get a nice, nice tempo, and she, um, you know, just said nearly, nearly pulled it up. It was just a, her head was unfortunately coming up on the line rather than going down. But um, yeah, she's in for, for a really good preparation. Your apprentice, Jaden Lloyd, uh, is in a battle. Uh, he's got the odds against him. Kyle Wilson Taylor's five and a half clear in the apprentice jockey's metro title, but. He's not out of he's not um, out of contention, Jaden. I mean, it could still still happen, but it's going to be tough for him with uh, I think only six metro meetings left. 
Uh, no, he's actually out of the race now. So he had a had a sit down and chat to us and, and his father Jeff. He's obviously got a couple of suspensions right. overhanging over his head. So he um yeah, he made the call uh sort of start of start of the week just gone that um yeah, look he's he's gonna take these suspensions. That was actually his last meeting uh there yesterday. And he's gonna have a have a little bit of a break. He's um you know, just he's obviously only a young young kid with a you know, very much a big sort of riding career ahead of him and, and I think just the, the pressures of, of everything are, are just starting to get to him and he, he just didn't didn't think he was probably riding as good as he, he sort of was whether just the, the um, fact that the premiership was you know obviously very much going down to the wire and it just was affecting his riding so just in conjunction with his father Jeff they've, they've made the call to to take these suspensions, so he'll be off for I think he's about got about eight weeks uh, that were overhanging. So he'll take those suspensions from from yesterday, and uh, we'll see him back big, bigger and better than ever in the next season. And the bottom line is out of that. Then let's back Cole Wilson title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the, with yeah. Whatever else we take will be value. <laughs> hey, uh, look, you, you, you always give us uh, your time. Very, um, uh, we're very appreciative of. Congratulations with Uncommon James. He's an exciting prospect, and we look forward to seeing him in Melbourne. Always great to see. Uh, Queensland is represented in the state. Thanks for the this morning, mate. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Matt Hoister joining us this morning. I, I like the way he came around the turn this horse. He just mm. went up like he was just arrogantly looking at him and saying, I'm going to put you away now. I think he's a very good horse. Very good. Yeah, arrogance the right way to describe it. He put them away so quickly. Um, look, he's that, that form line through Mao Tai. a very talented horse. Mm. He, he put him away there last year. And he's doing everything right. I, I think he would definitely measure up to the listed company down south. Yeah, exactly. Why We Drink was good first up, needs further. Really good. Miss Hipstar Honest. Rubiquitous below expectations yesterday may have come to the end of he it. He may have, but he can do that. He can turn in a, a bad one at times, Rubiquitous. So, yeah, it has been up a long time, as you say. I thought we'd play race 10 particularly for <laughs> you because yesterday on Select Racing, you nominated two horses to back in the last race, Joviality and Starlet. Mm. They were $12 and $21 when they went to the post. Let's hear how they went. In the straight, Strange Charm leads away from Don't Stop. Love Sensation trying to come between the pair, but was under pressure. Then Wham, Jack the Land, and down the outside is Joviality with a good run. Wham in the centre, Joviality the outside, and Hot Spring Gold is steaming home. Wham and Joviality, Ocean Treaty getting home late. Photo finish here. Wham was trying to hold on. Ocean Treaty drove up, and out wide with Joviality and also Starlet. Four-way go, leave it to the judge. Then don't stop, followed by, at the head of the others, Love Sensation had its charge, Strange Charm weakened late. Then came Moon and Me, Jack the Land, Enterprise Prince, Hot Spring Gold, Skins, stuck with you and Prometheus, last over the line. You knew who won, didn't you? <laughs> you knew I knew that. I had, and you got, it in, you got it in one, the first four and one. I... I was guilty of going the early crow in this race. I was at the 50 metres. I started doing some calculations in my head as to what the Quinella's going to pay and <laughs> it was just a matter of which one might win. And in the end, I got the worst possible result out of the, uh, out of the photo. Third and fourth. <laughs> I actually tipped Wham to run second. I, I, I thought you gave it had a, a very, a very, very modest investment, on it to say the least. But the, the good feature out of this was it was great to see Michael Carl back. Really good fourth. story. And he wrote, I think his first ride back was Why We Drink, which ran second. And um, such a popular figure, well-respected figure around the 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 whole industry here in, in south-east Queensland, and to see him back was a terrific result mm. for him. The words often uh, loosely used, gentlemen, but he certainly fits that category, and no-one would disagree with that. But Wham winning the last for Lindsay Hatch, I think Lindsay may have been in Rocky. 
There's a few few in uh, Rocky uh, over the last couple of days, and why not? It's a couple of days up there. I can um, vouch for that. We'll be coming to that shortly. But one more race to have a listen to from Dooman yesterday was the fifth race of the day. Goldsborough was uh, very easy in the market, but uh, his admirers came in late to back him. Started three dollars eighty. He was the favourite. Allegedly 36.94 the first 600. The big goodbyes had a very easy run in front. He'll try and outsprint them. Leaves never second by a neck at the turn. Goldsborough coming out three wide. Mass destruction waiting on Arana. Then Tumbler Edge. Garibaldi's in traffic. Then Jenny and safe work. The big goodbye under siege from never second. Goldsborough striding up boldly on the outside. Mass destruction forcing into the clear. Running on Tumbler Edge and safe work. They swamped the big goodbye and Goldsborough raced away. Back to back wins for him. Goldsborough were too good. Miners tight between safe work, mass destruction, and in the centre Garibaldi, and up there as well, Tumbler Ridge. A four-way go for second, third, and fourth. The big goodbye disappointed in the straight. Never second weekend, and Jenny lasts her out in 111.2. I thought Goldsborough might be a risk at 1,200 metres. That certainly wasn't the case. He's come back really well, this horse. He just ambled up to them, didn't he? Completed a winning double for Taylor Marshall. Um... So he's had the tie-back operation, David, is that right? Mm. Goldsborough? Um, first up at Ipswich was enormous, and he's now run up to that subsequently twice. Gave Taylor Marshall a riding double. He was successful on Chatty Lady in the previous race, and also worth noting a riding double to Mark Duplessis. Be water, my friend of the first. Heavily back, five down to 3.30, and another heavily back runner. The second leg of his double, Delithe, uh, 2.60 to 2.35 with a flux, but they did better price with a three in front of it before that, but... The feature of these two wins, both ridden by Duplessis, is this system where horses can be allotted 52 kilos. Just explain that to the listeners. <laughs> you like doing this to me, don't yeah. you? you? Give me two sentences. Um, it was brought in a month or two, well, a couple of months back now, where horses can be allotted their true handicap down to 52 kilos. So previously everything was 54, that was just given, but now trainers can opt to be weighted down to 52 kilos if they can find a jockey, and that's creating good opportunities for the likes of Duplessis, Taylor Marshall, Sam Collett, and obviously apprentices who can get down there as well. I particularly like Delight's win. Uh, she's <sighs> been low-flying for Chris Munns, three in a row now. I, I, again, you know, I, I thought, what she what was she beating? Uh, but you can only go up a class is what she did. And again, her work late was very good, the margin four and a quarter, but again, a good time comparison here. one ten sixty one. Half an hour earlier, the Classics Goldsborough one eleven two. Mm. So she's run over half a second faster. Each win has been better than the previous one mm. as she stepped up in grade. So Chris Munt's sort of suggesting they'll have to think about where where she might end up. But they've got another promising one there. Duplessis, so heavily backed to life, heavily backed the first winner, and in between those was Heroic Son, which was off the map in the two year old, and for all intents and purposes looked looked the winner. So you only narrowly missed a. a very big day there yesterday. Yeah, red top uh, for, for Team Sears and Jimmy Orman got it down by a nose. Hamlet von Snitzel won the third. Look, Alpine Edge was playing. Horrible. He was he was playing. But in... again, Hamlet von Snitzel looked average at Ipswich, but just you know, may have been on the slower part of the track there. Didn't let down back to Doom, but yesterday he was... Well, he Brody Lloyd controlled that race in front, didn't he? Exactly. Let's take a break here on Pass the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Don't forget their website, archerparkracing.com.au. Plenty of horses for sale there. We'll come back and have a listen to the Rocky Cup yesterday. This is Pass the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Well, of course, the two-day carnival at Rockhampton was conducted over the past couple of days. We saw Dr Zeus win the new market on Friday. Let's go to the replay 
of the Rockhampton Cup yesterday. Deep breath, the leader. It shows the way by a length. Coming off its back now is Master Jamie. Here's Namazu starting to let down out wide. Further back in the field then. Starting to pick up ground. The tax accountant but Master Jamie. Master Jamie surged to the front. He raced away from deep breath. Namazu. Bullfinch is late. Master Jamie the leader getting up on the inside. Sabarnabas. Master Jamie in front. It's a local win on the Rocky Cup. Master Jamie beats Sabarnabas. Bullfinch third. Then we've got deep breath. Further back in the field, Namazu, Sale, over on the inside was Keller Shelter, Penny Agua, Echo Point. Further back in the field, the tax accountant, Poeticard, he's got power. To Jukon, Barry Cheel is last. Well, Russell Leonard uh, mentioned it there in the broadcast, and I was delighted that Master Jamie won the Rockhampton Cup. He's Rockhampton through and through. If there wasn't a more deserving winner, I don't know which one there was, but it was Master Jamie winning. Bubba Tilly riding, Graham Green, the trainer. Graham's on the line now. Graham, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. That must have been a great thrill to win you win the local cup. Oh, mate, you can't... Words can't... Um, you know, I just can't put it into words how we feel today. So, yeah, very proud. As you should be. Um, I'm not sure about David, but in my mind, Master Jamie's probably more of a would have been more of a new market type horse than Rocky. But you've tested him over the mile, and he's he's absolutely thrived up to the longer distance, Graham. Yes, he's um, he's always indicated that you know if he could get some easy sectionals, that he'll get further. He's his lung capacity is incredible. Like by the time Bubba's got him back to the parade yard yesterday, he was virtually recovered from that run. Um, and you know, I don't doubt that he'll get further uh, with a bit more age. But uh, we're not going to push him this this campaign. <laughs> but um, he uh, yeah, he's he's been a, a great sprinter, and now you know this middle distance test that we put him through at the moment, he's he's come out with flying colours. So he's won seventeen races. Twelve of them have been at Callaghan Park. But apart from from yesterday, that's a thrill in itself. But he won the Gateway in two thousand twenty. He he ran in the Stradbroke. But one thing about Master Jamie, he always gives his best. The putters love him. Yeah, he's a hundred percent horse. He, um, he he's just all heart. He just loves to please. Um, you know, even around the stables, he's he's, a, he's an absolute gentleman to do anything with. Um, and you know, he's he's just a gem to have in the in the stables. The the fifty nine and a half kilos yesterday must have felt like a postage stamp for him after he carried the sixty five and a half to beat Sale in the in the lead up race. Yes, it's a, it's it's a big drop in 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 um, in weight, and I, I couldn't understand the the uh, softness in the um, the price in the betting. Like I thought he'd be a lot shorter, mm. with, you know, dropping six kilos and mm. um, and running good time in the in the in the uh, race prior to it. Um, you know, he's run one thirty four three seven or something like that, and yesterday he's run one thirty four four seven. So. Yeah, times weren't, weren't much difference, but he carried six kilos less yesterday than what he did in, in the um, the Tats Cup. But uh, yeah, but you know, he's he's just all heart. I did him a disservice as well. He won the Cleveland Bay as well last year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he won that and won it quite impressively too. It's um, um, you know, he yeah, he had a marvelous season last year, and this this year he, he's he's just up stepped up to another mark again. So. The, the the other thing he won the Cleveland Bar. I'm just looking here, he beat Doctor Zeus, who of course won your new market up there. He had a few months off, but basically since November, he's been at the racetrack nearly every month. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he thrives on it. He just loves it. Um, he doesn't spell 
well, I say he doesn't spell well, he comes back nice and fat, but he hates being out in the paddock. Um, uh, we've, we've spaced his runs pretty well, and and, um, and he's still thriving. Like, he come home last night, and after a, a hard run, it was a hard run, no, uh, you know, he never got any peace during the run, and um, he he's licked the tin out again last night. Like, in put him on the walker this morning for a little bit of walking and exercise, and, and he was bucking and playing and squealing on the walker. So, you know, he, he's just an incredible horse. He just loves racing. He loves to please. And uh, thank God he's pleasing us at the moment. So, <laughs> We've only seen him in southeast Queensland twice since last year's Stradbroke, quite often with these type of horses from central north Queensland. Graham, you become, you become handicapped out of your, your own area and have to travel, but you've managed to keep finding races for him. This win yesterday will make it more difficult for you. Where do you look for Master Jamie now? Oh, we'll, we'll have to concentrate greatly on those set weight races for him mm-hmm. uh, where he can't exceed 61 kilos. Um, even to take him to Brisbane now uh, on his rating, I'd say the handicap will have a good slab at him again tomorrow. Um, he most probably go up another three or four points for winning yesterday. So uh, he's going to be close to a hundred rider from now on, and he's going to get top weight in Brisbane. And um, you know, Brisbane's class of horses is as strong as anywhere now. That there, uh, as well as those southern big southern stables, We've got stables at the Gold Coast and Brisbane too now. And um, you know, they're hard to win down there. So. We're just going to mainly concentrate on races where that uh, the handicapper can't get to you, and the set weights that you know the 61 kilos is going to be the, the maximum weight with him. So um, his next start will be in three weeks' time, where the handicapper can't get us again. He'll go back to Townsville to defend his title in the Cleveland Bay, and then maybe he'll have a little rest in the paddock when the sun comes out a bit brighter. So yeah, a bit like a bit like last year, you, you'll, you'll you'll have gone the full circle, but. He's a he's a, a, a putter pleaser and uh, he's he's given you so much satisfaction. It was great to see that horse win you. So I can't stress that enough and appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Graham. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you, Graham Green. Joining us, the trainer of Master Jamie, and he has been a success story for Central Queensland, hasn't he? Well, success stories. What eight hundred thousand in prize money now, pretty much, and. Um, we've seen obviously one the, the gateway here, but um, you know, the bulk of that's been done from Rock, Rockhampton and further north. Exactly right. Um, Willie Pike, of course, uh, rode both days. Uh, I think he rode the last winner on Friday, Argyle Pink, for Tony Gollum. And then yesterday he uh, he struck um, a double. He actually had a treble and he lost a race. Beyond Fate uh, got the protest in race four. He was on Kindling Spirit, so he missed out on the, the treble yesterday. Tony Gollum, of course, would have won that 20,000 trainers bonus. Had a lot of <coughs> a strong representation and uh, either winners or horses who ran second and third, but obviously a good carnival. Yeah, very much so, and the you know led by you know Russell Leonard the, and, and the club they they actively go and seek the, the southeast Queensland trainers to go there, and um, it is a good good couple of days up there, and it's it's a it's an interesting race to watch racing uh, track to watch racing from Rockhampton, isn't it? The, that long straight, it's a, different to most other venues. Well, I think it's six hundred metres mm. long, so you've got to like they say you've got to, they say you've got to bide your time at Eagle Farm. <laughs> you certainly have to bide your time at Callaghan Park. That was uh, the Rocky Carnival. Let's turn our attention to uh, Caulfield yesterday on a soft seven and the Group 3 Sir John Monash was the feature. Here's the replay. 
500 to go. Off the fence, it's still Azar. About to be scrubbed up, led by Alink Sartorial Splendor. Then came Ashford Street and Oxley Road. The two favourites travel together with also Maliva. Back along the inside of runners then as Bless Her from Felicia and Outlaws Revenge. It's Sartorial Splendor at the 200 metres, taking the lead from Azar. Then came Oxley Road down the outside and Bless Her up on the fence at the 100. Sartorial Splendor just in front. Bless Her and Maliva's coming on as well. Big finish. Bless Her and Maliva. Bless Her, Maliva. They hit it. Maliva. Maliva's just beaten. Bless Her. Photo for third. Sartorial Splendor prominent from William Thomas Outlaws Revenge. Next to complete the course was Azar with Oxley Road, Felicia and Ashford Street has finished last. Yeah, Philip Stokes trains Maliva. She was first up yesterday. First up since uh, early March and was able to win. Takes her record to seven from 15. I keep seeing the stallion's name popping up, Headwater. Uh, seems to have good success. And uh, so the first winner in uh, in Brisbane yesterday, be water, my friend. Mm. Uh, three times a listed winner before yesterday, now a Group 3 winner. She obviously likes that Caulfield 1100. Uh, she was a winner there first up last October. I noticed there was one that went down yesterday, was considered past the post. Uh, excuse the pun, but inundation was a dollar fifty. Uh, but disappointed. Finished only in, in fifth position, beating two home in the race that cooled one. That was Caulfield. Let's go to our final replay for this morning and we'll go to Royal Randwick and their feature was at listed level, the Winter Stakes. Coming around the turn and Taxu's trying to pinch this. Skips two lengths clear. From the inform, Jojo was a man. Two lengths away to Chief Altoni. It's Taxu up the rise. Two lengths clear. Jojo was a man who's sticking to the task. Going up the inside now. Clear from Chief Altoni and Oscar Zulu. Taxu's going well. Inside the 150 by three quarters. Jojo was a man who's trying his heart out. Taxu. Jojo was a man who's coming. Taxu. Jojo is a man. Lunch. I think he just felt short. I think Taxu just held on from Jojo as a man. Well clear from Chief Altoni. Then Oscar Zulu from Monigola. Further back to Agreeable from Love Tap. True Detective. And last of all was King's Air. It's fair to say he does improve or he's most effective when the tracks are unaffected. So Sydney's been a happy hunting ground for Taxu. Glenn Schofield riding for Joe Pride. Just beat Jojo as a man. There was only a short head in and then had to survive a protest. Yeah, since Stewards uh, threw that one out, we we were against this horse when he ran the BRC Sprint. Uh, he didn't race well that day, but um, either side of it, he's just a winning machine, and he did win on a good four track last time, so he's proving pretty versatile. Well, they were the highlights of racing around Australia yesterday. As we said at the start of the show, this is the last past the post uh, for this month. We're having a, a few weeks break. We'll be back on Sunday, July thirty one. And even though it's officially still winter, we'll be looking towards the spring. And when we come back already, there'll be feature races starting to pop up, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. We go right through. You don't go through, though. You take a little no, break. No, I get a break uh, from, from the show. I'm, I'm back on deck at work from Monday. Um, doing Sky on Wednesday and Saturday this week. But uh, no, thanks for having me through the through the carnival, David. It's been enjoyable. been an absolute delight. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to seeing you in the latter part of the spring, early summer. Folks, thanks for your company. And as we said, our next Pass the Post will be Sunday, July 31, when Ben Dorries uh, returns to the studio with me. But, of course, I'll be on Press Room tomorrow morning. Uh, look forward to your company then, all of our regular panellists and all of the news around Australia, what's happening in racing. And there's always plenty happening. Have a good day. Bye-bye.